This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Guys. It's just, listen, I, I'm always excited to do the podcast. I'm actually a little nervous to do this one. Okay. So Conor McGregor lost, as you guys know, I love Conor McGregor. I'm a huge Conor McGregor fan. Um, we'll get into that. Obviously that's what I'm gonna lead the show with, but I sat down after the fights, had a buddy over, watched the fights. He's a, he's a huge Conor fan as well. We were stunned. Stunned into silence. Kids went to bed. Wife went to bed. I was up to about two or three. Came in my office. Sat in front of this microphone, ready to record, and I couldn't. I just couldn't. I don't. I I was too emotional. Too emo- and, and and that's that's okay. I texted my buddies. I was crying. I didn't cry. Okay, I'm not, I'm not a big crier. From being honest with you, I'm an emotional guy. I don't cry all that much. But I was very upset. No joke. No doubt about it. I was I was I was shocked. I'd never even a million years saw it coming. That, that's no disrespect to Dustin Poirier. So then Sunday, I wake up, right? Football's on. I keep putting it off. I was going to do it last night. I want to do it during the day. I want to wake up and do it. Didn't. I was going to do it last night. Went to bed early. I'm on vacation this week at work, and I had no reason to go to bed early, and I had every reason to do the podcast. I didn't. I've been avoiding it like the plague. Well, it's the same thing this morning. Woke up early. Woke up at 8. Kids were still asleep. Wife was still asleep. All right, Brian, hop on. Do it. Couldn't do it. So I want to gather my thoughts. I wanted to come on here. I didn't want to be like a crybaby bitch. I didn't want to make any excuses. I didn't want to try to spin zone it. I want to give you my honest feedback of what happened uh, in the fight. So we'll recap. We'll jump right into the recap. We're going to split this up because there's a lot of shit I want to talk about. Okay, there's a lot of shit I need to talk about. We're going to go co-main main event and then I'm going to do some personal stuff and then we'll we'll finish the card off. Um, seven and four of my picks. Gambling wise, I hit on Chandler. Other than that, I pretty much Khalil Roundtree fucked me in the ass. I lost the Connor fight too. I had uh, went to the sports book. Speaking, of, I went to the sports book, Barcelona sports book at Hollywood Casino. I'm a big Barcelona sports fan. They have their own sports book down there. Um, it used to be something else. Now it's Barcelona. It's really cool. Went down there with some buddies after work, and uh, really cool. Yeah, it was a fun time. We got some food and uh, we made some bets. And but <clears throat> one buddy of mine wanna parlay he hit marina hot after my uh wisdom after my uh my advice i picked uh hot on the podcast a uh, little underdog hit over he uh and he hit uh most of evil of so he hit like a 10 dollar parlay won like 50 bucks awesome um <clears throat> but yeah it's really cool down there you can't bet mobily which kind of sucks so i had to use my fandle boost uh, on, on my phone but once the uh, Barstool app, the mobile betting works in Indiana, I am definitely going to be switching from uh, FanDuel. Or maybe I'll keep my FanDuel account because FanDuel's, they've always done me well. They've always done me good. So maybe I'll keep my FanDuel. But <clears throat> listen, awesome time. It was a really it was a really fun time down there. It was really cool. Um, all, you know, the, the, the sports book's amazing. Uh, we, we had a really good time uh, going down there. You know, Friday was great. Saturday's good too. Ordered wings. So... <clears throat> Without bearing the lead here, McGregor Poirier. Um, I never even in a in a in a. I overlook Poirier all the time. Listen, I pick against him all the time. I pick Khabib to beat him. No way. I pick Dan Hooker to beat him. I pick Max uh, uh, Holloway to beat him. I don't pick Poirier, and I don't know what it is. I I I know he's a good fighter. I guess I just don't think he's a great fighter, and he and he fucking rubs it in my face every single goddamn time. Props to Poirier, great guy. 
Um, seems like a great guy. Good fighter. But um, we'll get to him afterwards. So the Connor, uh, my buddy who came over and watched, who I watch all the big fights with, you know, really into MMA. Uh, best friend since second grade. He loves Connor as well. He's been texting me all week saying he loves this new Connor. This Connor's like a serial killer Connor. He's super laser focused and, you know, he's dialed in and all this stuff. And I said, yeah, I don't know, dude. I said, I kind of like the old Connor where he's a little crazy and unpredictable and say, and say these things. Um, and I still stand by that. I know it's really hard to shit talk Dustin. They, they seem to be in a pretty good place, but they were like a little too friendly. And I just didn't like that. I like Connor with my edge a little bit. I know it's hard to shit talk Dustin, but just a little bit in there, just a little, you know, competitive spirit. I feel like Connor went in there and was just like, well, I'm going to make this amount of money no matter what. And Dustin's a good lad. So, uh, so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll calm him down. I just feel like the, the heat wasn't there. And I like the heat. I feel like there's uh not every fight needs heat, but I feel like some fighters need that heat to really fuel them. As far as Connor's performance, I've only seen the fight once. I have not watched it back. I have, though, watched Connor and Khabib and Connor and Eddie Alvarez and Connor and Floyd. So Connor, and then I, and then I and obviously leading up to the Poirier fight, I watched all of Connor's you know forty five fights as well. You know, so he's completely changed his striking style. Uh, he is not. He he almost used to come out karate, uh, um, you know, bouncing on his feet almost sideways a little bit, right? And he would throw some kicks and 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 then working his punches. Um, he doesn't do that anymore. It's it's, it's a complete flat footed approach, coming out just wanting the box. Um, he got his leg chewed up, which. You know, that's a whole that that basically that that changed the the, the fight for him. Um, this is a guy who hasn't fought in MMA and and what I mean, he fought Cowboy last year for for forty seconds or whatever, and then Khabib and you know it's like years off in between in your prime, and that's just not going to help you. I mean, training's one thing, but you got to get in there. You got to you know, and Dustin Poirier isn't like the most prolific kicker in the world, right? Like, yeah, he's a pretty well rounded guy and was southpaw for southpaw, so the leg was open, but. He's not a fucking Justin Gaethje in there. He's not a he's not an Edson Barboza. Like he can kick, sure, yeah, he fucked up Connor's leg, but it's like Connor, like, like you weren't prepared for he wasn't prepared for that at all. I don't feel like he was prepared for this fight. I feel like all he did was boxing training. Um and and his boxing combinations looked like he he had one setup that was gonna work. He threw the left hand way too many times. It was the little shovel uppercut, um, right uppercut that which landed, and then a big left hand over the top and um he, he, I thought Connor Lane had some really good shots in that first round for sure. He buzzed Dustin, uh, didn't rock Dustin by any means, but he buzzed him. He definitely hit him clean. And, and Dustin said so himself. And there, and Dustin said in the post fight, there was one left hand that got through that he was a little buzzed and that he thought Connor was going to swarm him, and he didn't. Um, but yeah, the first round I thought was competitive. Obviously, Dustin got the takedown. They clinched a lot, which was a little weird. I thought Connor maybe should have broken away from the clinch a little more in that first round. But competitive first round, I actually scored it for Connor. I know some people. I don't know what the official scorecard was. Competitive first round, but that first round did not give me any confidence. That first round, I was still a little scared going forward because it, it just didn't seem like Connor had the speed. Didn't seem like he was the old Connor, right? He wasn't throwing any kicks. He was taking a lot of kicks. His head movement seemed pretty good, but he was getting some shots. He was getting, he was eating some counters. He was kind of leaping in, in a little bit with his hands. Come the second round, um, those combinations that were working in the first round weren't working in the second round. Uh, Dustin Poirier made adjustments. He went back to that kick more and more. When his back was against the cage, he saw everything coming. The, uh, Connor missed on some big, big left hands. This is all just off memory. I got to watch the fight again. Like I said, I've only watched it once. 
But off the most recent memory, Connor had him in against the cage, and he was trying to do that combination, a little shovel right hook, overhand left. And, and Dustin was ready for it every single time. And uh, on the finishing sequence, right before basically he got knocked out, Connor leaped in with that that right hook again, that shovel hook, and Dustin countered with a big right hand, and it and it and it put him on spaghetti legs, and then and then the finish came right after that, um, and it was a great shot by Dustin, it, it, you know, but Connor again just not mixing it up and not timing himself well enough, and and looked tired too, like looked a little like you know he was winded when he got knocked out, like he was breathing heavy, like he was he went out maybe for a minute, but when the, like he was. The, the 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 meme that is going around where it looks like he's sleeping, he's just exhausted. You know what I mean? It, it, and it's kind of wild. You know, two rounds in, and you get exhausted. You know, and and I think Connor handled it with uh, with 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 some humility, right? He was very honest in the post fight. You know, he said props to Dustin. He just wants to get in there more. He needs to be, and and that that's all good and fine. Like I get it. You you know, ring rust is real to some people. It's it's real, not real to other people. But um. It just was a really lousy performance compared to the Eddie Alvarez fight. The Eddie Alvarez fight, he's on his toes more. He was quicker. His timing was better. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I know Eddie Alvarez isn't Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier has beat Eddie really once, but twice, essentially. I know they're different fighters, but Connor was a completely different fighter from those fights, too. <clears throat> Connor just completely came out flat-footed, wasn't bouncing at all. I feel like those leg kicks, will, I mean, those leg kicks would have had an effect no matter what. They were a really good, smart game plan. I've never seen Connor switch stances. You know, I don't know if he if he can go an orthodox stance, but um, if if I felt like if he was bouncing, he was a little lighter on that that front leg, throwing those side kicks, kind of like how he started the fight with uh, with Aldo. I feel like that would have benefited him. I just think he's 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 digressing. I don't think he's progressing. I think he's uh, he's a guy, and 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 no one wants to hear the narrative that he's silk sheets and he's a millionaire multi times over, and he and, and he doesn't have to fight anymore. All those things are true, but what I think the most important thing is if you watch the documentary, the very first time he, he was in the UFC, he's there sparring one eighty fivers. It's dumb, right? He shouldn't be doing that, but he's working with everybody. Now he's got his own private thing in, in Portugal. He's only flying out the sparring partners and the training partners that he wants to. Yes, he's still with the same team, but <clears throat> he's training with these guys from Crumlin Boxing Club who they're not producing world champions. Let's just be honest, okay? And this is MMA. This isn't boxing. Those boxing combinations that may work in boxing don't really work in MMA because you get your leg kicked in MMA. And all of a sudden, you can't use that front leg anymore. And then Dustin starts seeing your slow punches coming. And that's my biggest takeaway of McGregor. And the thing about the reason I like McGregor so much, and he's one of my guys, is when I start watching MMA in the early 2000s, <clears throat> my dream, when I start watching and then really became in love with it, none of my really close friends liked it. None of my really close friends really understood why I watched it. You know, Rich Franklin, he was a teacher at my high school, so we all watched it for Rich, but no one really understood why I was so into it. Um, so I, I, besides the guy, Steve, who who came over Saturday, no one really, really got into it as much as I did. Everyone preferred other sports. <clears throat> Cincinnati is a huge sports town. We love our Reds. We love our Bengals. We love our Bearcats. Um, some crazy fucking people like Xavier, but, you know, those are, we don't count those people. But um, <clears throat> we're a good sports town. But no one really got behind MMA. And, and it, that's just this is one of those really cool things about the podcast is now I get to see uh, and interact with other people who love MMA. So that's really cool for me. But 
I've always really, really wanted uh, an MMA athlete to kind of transcend. You know, NBA's had Michael Jordan. They've had LeBron James. The NFL's had Joe Montana, Tom Brady. Baseball's had, you know, uh, I mean, who? I mean, you can name a million different people. Barry Bonds, for example. I know he's on steroids. But, you, you know, baseball's had their stars. MMA's not really never had a star that's transcend, right? So coming up, when I was watching it, Chuck Liddell was the biggest star we had. They put him in all these commercials. The guy's got a personality like a dead moth, right? He's got a good look. <clears throat> he's got the mohawk. He was knocking people out in his prime, not in his prime, but in the middle of his popularity. Problem is, is he caught on when he was a little bit older. He was 36, 37 when he knocked out Couture and then only had that popularity until he got knocked out by Rampage. And then, you know, he couldn't win a fight after that. And then you had the John Jones kind of coming up. And then I used to love BJ and stuff. So we've never really had this crossover star. Anderson Silva was one of the more crossover stars, but he didn't really speak. He didn't really speak English at all. He had Usher and he had some, you know, other people in there and he was in uh nike he was sponsored by nike but nike in brazil he had like sponsored by burger king but he didn't really cross over all that well gsp in canada giant star over in canada but in america it wasn't like this huge crossover right i mean gsp and anderson silva they're amazing fighters one some of the goats but they just didn't do it when connor came i never envisioned i i liked him because of his personality and skills but i never envisioned to be this megastar when he started becoming this megastar, I started realizing, holy shit, this is so good for the sport that I love. Regardless of this, what this guy does, it's so good for the sport that everyone's behind this really funny, charismatic Irishman, right? Everyone from America to every different country loves Conor McGregor. Biggest star in the UFC, still is, biggest star in MMA, and really got some eyes on MMA. I guarantee you Conor McGregor bought, brought so many people to this sport um, that wouldn't have maybe have never came to the sport. Now they love it. I guarantee you, there's a, a, a lot of, you know, there's Ultimate Fighter people, right, who who came in during the Ultimate Fighter, and I bet you there's a lot of Conor McGregor fans um, that came in during Conor McGregor. So just because I love the sport so much, and what Conor's done for the sport, just just being him, and the promotion and the eyeballs that he brought to it, I'm always going to be appreciative of what he has done. He was the right guy at the right time, and then not to mention. During this time, during the 145-pound run, during the early 55 run, he was beating people. He was knocking dudes out and looking fucking great. He's a double champ for a reason. He was the man for a while. You can't look at his 145-pound run and sleeping Jose Aldo within 15 seconds or whatever. You can't. No one can ever take that away from him, right? No one can take what he did with Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez is a fantastic fighter. He put him out. Quickly, right? The Nate Diaz trilogy, which is was the perfect trilogy that we needed, right? So I'm always gonna have Connor's back. Um, just the the point the point I'm trying to get here is that's what started my love for Connor. I still love Connor, what he's done for the sport, but it, it just wasn't the Connor that uh, that was that. He looked very flat. He looked off. One of his worst performances in UFC, in my opinion. I thought he looked okay in the first round, and then I thought, oh. He's he's either slowing down or he's going. Oh, okay, this is a different guy. I feel like Connor maybe truly believed that Dustin didn't change and that the sixty seconds. You know, once I touch him, he's going down. You know, that's not happening. Dustin <clears throat> Dustin has admitted admitted it, and I've seen it in a fight where he got tagged. Some fighters might curl up and go, "Ooh, that was a good shot," and then you know, put their back in the cage, put their hands up, and let the guy punch away until they get their you know they they get the cobwebs out. Dustin Poirier is such a vet and has been in there with so many wars that he goes, 
oh, no, no, I can know how to handle this. That's not that bad. Let me just circle out. Let me fire back. Like, he was not deterred at all. His maturity came through. And, uh, yeah, it was amazing performance by Dustin Poirier. Conor McGregor, um, I'm not going to say he let me down. I just, uh, you know, I didn't like the promotion leading up to it. I didn't like this new nice guy, Conor. And, uh, and yeah, I just, I, 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 I didn't love the performance. I thought Conor looked worse than Dustin looked great. I gave Dustin a three star. I gave Connor a two. That's legitimately how I feel. Um, I think Dustin Poirier is actually blowing it. He he considered himself the champ, right? I'm the champ now. For as far as I'm concerned, that was for the belt. Okay, great. Khabib's not coming back. I'll agree with you. You know what? Because because Connor would have said the same thing, and and I would agree with Connor. So I agree with Dustin. You just knocked out the guy that basically the UFC wants to put the belt on. But guess what? You can't turn down fighters like Michael Chandler if you're the champ. Michael Chandler knocked out Dan Hooker in the first round, which no one's ever done, uh, including yourself. You went the five rounds with him. So when this guy's ready to go, you don't get to make the decisions if you get him or not. Like, that's the next guy in line. So are you the champ or are you not the champ? Do you want money fights like the Nate Diaz and the Conor fight, which won't be for the belts, or do you want to fight for the belt, which is going to probably be Chandler? Let's move on to the co-main event, Chandler versus uh, uh, Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker got a one for me. Michael Chandler got a four. Almost got a five. I didn't love... You know, Dan Hooker circled a lot, which was kind of weird for me. Um, he was waiting the counter. I, f- I feel like all week he was just thinking, I'm going to land this knee. I'm going to land this knee. And, and, and Michael Chandler's really explosive. And, and uh, I thought Hooker should have kicked his legs more. thought Hooker should have been a little more offensive. Uh, he maybe was worried about for the takedown, but... When Chandler goes, man, he goes. He's an aggressive guy, and he's got big, big power. He landed left hand, his off hand. He's he's got power in both his right and his left. Left hook, put Hooker down, and 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 finished Hooker in that first round. Which again, fucking no one's been able to do in the UFC. I mean, I think Hooker's been finished only by submission. No one's ever a Barboza TKO'd him, but that was after a three round ass whooping. But uh, yeah. Michael Chandler came in and lit the world on fire. I thought he gave a great post-fight speech. It was very WWFE. I believe he did steal a quote from Ric Flair. Um, I loved it, right? He called out Khabib, which is a guy you got to call out. Regardless of Khabib's coming back, if you call out Pore, you call out McGregor, which I believe he did, you also got to call out the guy who technically no one wants to fight, right? And, and the guy who thinks he's too good. Like Khabib has literally said, Dana White confirmed it. I'm so much better than these guys, Dana. Do you really think I should come back and fight these guys I've already beaten? And he's got a point, right? But you've never beaten Chandler. Chandler's got good wrestling chops. I, I would love to see the fight. I think, obviously, Khabib wins. But Chandler made a statement. That was a big, big statement win for him. I, I wish he would have started a little more. I really wish I would have saw um, a little more wrestling, a little more um, just overall game. But it was very patient. Hooker did nothing. Hooker had a horrible game plan. And uh, he paid for it. He paid with a big left hook, and and uh, and uh, Chandler put him out. Hooker did take his gloves off at the end of that fight. I don't know if he was just emotional because he got to be away from his family for so long. I I don't know if anyone has like followed up on that. Like they didn't interview him, and and uh, don't tell Alessia Dechikio they didn't interview him, but um, they didn't interview him. I don't know if he's posted anything on social media. I, I follow him on social media. I believe I don't. I'm hoping he's not retiring. I don't. I. I really hope so. Uh, I hope not. Excuse me. Seems to love fighting. He's a young guy. He just got caught. You know. I think you can rebound well. I know that's two losses in a row for you, but two losses against really two high level competition guys. Um, so yeah, I hope he doesn't retire. I hope he's not done. I. I, I like to see. Uh, I like to see more. Uh, more about that. All right. So let's take a little break from the card. I got to get some personal stuff off my chest, guys. I feel like I haven't had a chance to talk to you about it. Got a new computer. Yeah, your boy did it. I um, you know, I'm a, a little beta bitch boy. So no, 
I had a MacBook Pro, about four or five years old. Wife had the desktop. Desktop was my office. Wife's business is a booming. She is absolutely fucking killing it. I only took the desktop because she was taking a break from it for a while. And, you know, it has all the ports and bigger screen and yada, yada, yada. But no, she's absolutely fucking burning it right now, killing the game. And she needed it back. She needed it to, to work. I mean, she worked all hours of the night making this stuff and shipping it out. And so she needed it. So I tried to, um, I did a test run with my old MacBook and it worked, right? But it was just a little slow, like not for what I needed for the podcast and everything like that. I want everything to run smoothly. It's four or five years old. I feel like I can get some decent money out of it right now because it's in pristine I take I take care of my my stuff, guys, and the uh, you know of course Apple again. If they fart in a bag, I'm gonna buy it. They put out these new M1 uh, MacBooks, and and I had to purchase one, and I got it right now, and it's it is blazing fast, and it is pretty cool, and uh, I'm I'm very happy with my purchase, and uh, I'm still getting the the whole setup done here. I uh, you know I'm trying to again do a bit more videos, more cameras. You don't need all that stuff, so. Uh, I just got this last week and I set it up and stuff. So this is the first podcast. No, I did. I did the podcast with Devin. I was on the new laptop with the, with Devin. I don't think I brought it up, but the reason I can afford this is because your boy's been killing it on eBay. I got stuff. I didn't even know eBay was a thing. I think I've probably brought this up before, right? I used to sell all my stuff, still do sometimes, on Facebook Marketplace. I get on eBay because no one on Facebook Marketplace knows about uh, winning boxing gloves. Winning boxing gloves are. Japanese-made boxing gloves that can go anywhere from $500 to $600. So every professional wears them uh, for training. They're unbelievable. They're handmade. They're soft. They're pillows, essentially. They're, they're incredible. I had two pair. I bought two pair about two years ago. Thinking I was going to go train, I started training a little bit at my gym. And then right when I was going to go to like an actual MMA class, COVID hit. And then I'm just like, you know what? I don't need two pair. So I sold the one. Well, the one I sold, what apparently was a rare color, was orange that they don't make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and sold in minutes on ebay okay 500 bucks cha-ching ship those out and i just start keep putting stuff up on ebay and people are just fucking loving it like some old podcast stuff that i can't sell on uh on facebook because no one knows what it is right like i remember putting these headphones up and they were you know audio technicas and they're like 150 bucks and someone was like oh i'll pay you 50 dollars for them they're they have these phillips at uh target that are like the same thing and um this is someone on facebook and i go well, they're not the same thing, but uh, you know what I mean? So it's like, I can explain it to like, sometimes you'll get a guy who knows what the fuck he's talking about. But most of the times people are like, why are you marking these so expensive? I, the, the, I've seen these at whatever cheaper and they know these aren't the ones, but you go to eBay, people that search for these products know what they are and you fucking sell them. It's fucking great. I made like 1500 bucks in the past two weeks. On goddamn eBay, just selling my stuff, selling stuff I don't need. It's not like I'm I'm, I'm selling stuff that I need, you know. What I mean, I haven't even sold my old computer yet. It's sent behind me. That's that's the next thing to go. But you know, all these cameras I bought to try to get the you know the, the the right image for the podcast that just didn't work. You know, bought, sold those old headphones, old microphones, um, uh, the microphone arm that I had sitting in there. You know, people like that. It's uh, you know, it's pretty crazy. I might actually even sell those other pair of winning gloves. You know, I have a boxing a little bit. I, I have a million boxing gloves down there. I just always wanted a pair of winning i might just uh, they're just red they're just a standard red i'm not gonna get a ton of cash for them but you know i just saw i just sold a camera again today like i'm fucking killing it and uh thank you ebay i didn't even know fucking ebay was uh was even a thing anymore so um speaking of that i want to do i was um speak uh maybe doing a youtube video of, of all my gear 
I've actually helped two or three, about three, three people really with audio issues. One guy is a, is a prominent MMA handicapper. We DM about some audio things. I, I like to think I have a pretty good handle on audio stuff when it comes to podcasts, video stuff. I, I need some help with, but, or I'm working in the right direction, but audio stuff, I think I have it nailed down. So I might do like a video on the MMA takes channel of like what I have and what to avoid. Um, if you're starting off with a podcast, cause I can't tell you how many times, like if, if you're going to take this seriously, you need to take yourself seriously. And I'm not suggesting you go out and spend all this fucking money. Like I have them. No, no, you can get by with half the stuff that I have. But if you're putting out a message that you want people to buy your product, you want people to listen to your product, it's got to fucking look good, right? I mean, there's a reason lawyers wear suits. There's a reason people um, like car salesmen, they dress up. They You want to buy somebody from something that looks fucking good, right? You don't want to be a buy. I wouldn't buy a car from a guy in sweatpants. I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't want my lawyer to show up in court with basketball shorts on. I just wouldn't want that to happen. You don't want your podcaster to sound like shit. And I have a lot of opinions on stuff. So I was thinking about doing a YouTube video of that because I have actually helped some people out. There's a guy at work who, who who's interested in it. There's, there's another guy at work who does it. I've kind of helped him out a little bit as well. Um, and and I, I think that'd be pretty cool. You know, I, I, I would shoot that and just kind of tell people what I have and what my setup is and what I do and, and, and things to avoid. I think that's a, that might be a pretty uh, pretty good idea there. Huh? Last thing before we get back to the card uh, – <clears throat> is I ordered last thing for the office. So the microphone I got is is the new Shure. I love it, right? I got my trusty Rodecaster Pro. Just updated, amazing. Got the TV exactly where I need it. Got the lights, got the camera, that's perfect. Got the new laptop, which kind of really wasn't on the list, but now it is. I ordered soundproofing from, uh, what is it? Uh, Geek Acoustics, G-I-K. Company out of Atlanta. I ordered in the beginning of there's um, instead of you know those like egg carton. I think I probably brought this up, but anyway, those egg carton um, uh, things that make like that you see people in, in their YouTube rooms. They look like egg cartons or eggshell cartons or whatever. That's like the the help the <clears throat> eliminate echoes in a room and all that shit make you sound better. So <clears throat> I've been thinking about doing that for a while, but not the not the egg cartons. <gasps> Goddamn throat's going. Uh, not the A cards. I was gonna do. I was looking at some other things um, that were maybe a little more expensive, a little high end. I see this company, Jeek. They actually have on Rogan's new studio that weird, not weird, but that design that's like behind him, and that, that's actually sound. That's like a sound pad, and uh, they make that. So I got a design made, and I and I got the way cheaper version that Rogan has, but I got these two panels that I want to put to the left of me because that's the diffuser wall. That's where all the sound's going to be bouncing off of. So I want to put them to the left of me. They look really cool. Order them in the beginning of December as a Christmas gift to myself because I knew they're handmade. It's just going to take four weeks to make. Four weeks comes, beginning of January. I hear nothing. I DM them. They say, oh, or no, no. At the end of December, they message me and say, hey, sorry, we, we're falling behind, uh, you know, COVID and all this stuff. We're not going to send them out till January 26th, which is, I believe, tomorrow, right? So I went, oh, you know me. I'm the most impatient motherfucker in the world. But I'm like, you know what? This is hand quality shit we're talking here, okay? Handmade shit. So I was like, fuck it. Okay, I don't need them right now. I know I'm impatient. I paid, you know, they were, I think it was like 130 bucks for two of them, which might sound expensive, but they're huge and they're they're fucking awesome. I'm going to give them a plug, even though this story, 
might not sound like I like them. I do like them. I, I haven't really tested them yet, but they look amazing. Um, uh, and, and, and they're made in Atlanta, which is kind of a second city for me. All right. So last week in, in the email, they said, we'll keep you up to date. We'll, we'll take pictures and we'll let you know, but you know, the, because they're hand making my stuff and I go, okay, cool, cool. So last week I haven't heard from them since, you know, the end of December where they pushed my date till uh, the 26th. And I go, Hey, you know, just want to know if we're still on for the 26th or whatever, if, if, if I should be waiting for a package and blah, 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 blah. Cause they're shipping FedEx and FedEx is fucking useless and you know, whatever. Um, at least they're useless in my time. The guy I miss delivers all the time. Anyway, uh, so they get back to me immediately. Oh, hey, sorry. We should have sent you an email. Yeah, your order got pushed back till February, whatever. Thank you. That was it. My order. My order got pushed back, right? So I go, okay, so I ordered at the beginning of December. I've already paid. And I took it because I'm a psychopath. My order. Whoa, whoa, whoa. is my order not? You know, I only paid a hundred, you know, I think it was like 136 bucks or whatever. I've only paid $136. So is my order not big enough? I'm only getting two panels. My order not big enough? Like what's going on? So I, I, I messaged her back. I said, well, why, why was my order? I could have been in a bad mood this day. I don't remember. This was sometime last week. I don't think so. But I was like, why was my order pushed back? She responds, oh, I, you know, I, a poor choice of words on my part. It wasn't your order. Our orders were pushed back. February 6th or 9th, I couldn't remember what she said. February 6th or 9th is when I'm going to be getting is the ship date. And, uh, you know, she says, sorry for the convenience. Very nice or whatever. And then I just responded back like, okay, that's fine. But listen, if, if this becomes a thing where, you know, you guys told me you're going to be sending me pictures of, of, of you guys making my stuff and giving me updated um, insight of this. And, you know, it's going on two, three months since I've ordered this. I haven't got one update. I had to reach out to you guys. So I'm a little perturbed by that. I did use the word perturbed. So, uh, you know, in regardless of keep me in the loop of these things, making, sending pictures, you know, as much as I want the product, as much as I like the product and I've already paid, if for whatever reason they get pushed another month, say come February, I message them again like, hey, have you are you shipping my stuff out? And they go, oh, sorry, your order got pushed again or whatever. Then I'm going to be like, uh, I'll cancel it. You know, as much as I want these on my walls, as, as cool as they look. And they seem like a great company, American-made company again, Atlanta. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to draw a line somewhere. You can't be getting dicked around. What do you get? You guys are spending money. My, my, my money's already spent that you guys used. That's it. That's the really only personal stuff I wanted to do. Um, yeah, the e- killing eBay uh, and then the, the new computer, you know, just fucking killing it, that. And then the figure out that YouTube video because I think there's a lot of misconception I've done you know, I've been doing this podcast two and a half years now, so I've, I've made a lot of mistakes. I made a lot. I've burned through a lot of money buying the wrong things and then burning money buying the top of the line things that you just don't need that are just overkill. So I think I have a pretty good position of, of, of how to talk about it and really kind of help you guys out or help whoever out trying to start a podcast or having a podcast struggling to make it sound well. Or, or good or whatever, like, you know, sound like you're in a bucket. That's like the worst thing. Cause when you, when someone listens to your podcast, you want them to, it, it, you want it to sound good. You don't want these audio to be all kind of crazy. And, and I know I'm like an audio file. I'm kind of a dork. So it bothers me more than maybe the average person, but still you want someone to listen to you at ease and, and sound quality is, is an incredibly important thing. And before I even hopped on here for whatever reason that the Rodecaster up, uh, Ro, uh, Rodecaster pro, 
Uh, shout out Rode, one of the best companies in the entire world. Free lesson right there. Um, it something happened where it updated and, and my microphone was getting all messed up. So it took me like 20, 30 minutes just to figure that out. I could have hopped on. You guys might not even noticed, but I noticed and it fucking bothered the shit out of me. So, um, there you go. Care about your audio guys. Okay. And then we'll care about what you're saying. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. All right. Next up. So we, we, we got the co-main and main event out. Uh, I'll probably still pop in and talk about McGregor. I got a million thoughts on it. I feel like maybe I didn't get my thoughts uh, across uh, all that well. Next up was the the female fight, Jessica I versus Joanne Calderwood. Jessica I got a one, Joanne got a two. Um, it, it was a sloppy fight. I thought Joanne w- was head and shoulders above her in the striking. Don't know why she kept letting Jessica I clinch her, and, 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 and that's the only way I was doing well was in the clinch, roughing her up, getting her ugly, trying to take her down. I, I think Joe made it a little harder on herself than she had to have on the feet. Uh, on the uh, on distance, um, Joe was picking her apart. Fuck Jessica I, eyes up, literally, and uh, just looked so much better on the feet. I just the, the fight IQ is just not there for Joanne Calderwood at this point. With just letting Jessica I really sloppily too close the distance and, and grapple fuck you, and then just you know hammer you with with in the clinch. Uh, wasn't the cleanest performance by Joanne Calderwood. Jessica I again, I I just don't like her. Uh, she's tough. She's gritty. I guess you know she took some big shots in there, but. I think Joanne Calder was the cleaner fighter all around. I'm glad she won. It looked like Jessica I thought she won. I'm glad Joanne got that decision. Uh, Jessica I has stolen a lot of decisions, in my opinion, in the past, and, and I'm glad Joe uh, Joe got that one. But as far as performance goes, yeah, it, was, uh, it, it wasn't great. Next up was Marina Rajariguez versus Amanda Hibath. Oh, I love this fight. So Devin, Devin's giving me a ton of shit about the Connor thing, right? He picked us in Poirier. Props to Devin, even though he doesn't bet. Uh, he still picked it right, and and he he's been very anti Connor. Um, you know, either you love him, or you hate him. Devin, I don't know if Devin hates him, but Devin definitely doesn't like him. He's all about Hebos. He thinks he's like the hottest chick in the world. You know, the next champion, all this stuff. I've never really, I've picked against her. I've never really seen this incredible talent. I think she is a talented fighter, but I I think there are a lot of holes in her game. She has been knocked out before by a girl in the UFC. Who's not doing so well? Uh, my, my Marina Hadiguez uh, is in a, a really good strike for this division, and she found Hebos's chin after getting grappled in that first round. Basically, knocked her out two or three times. Hadiguez looked really good. If her takedown defense comes along, um, you know she's going to look really good. She got a four, and Hebos got a two. Hebos, good grappler, young, um, just really needs to clean up the defense and, and and work on her striking a little bit more. And I think she can be a problem. I think she's really good on the ground. It was absolutely crazy that she was a minus three fifty five favorite. Devin called this my spite my spite uh, pick. It definitely wasn't. I think Hadiguez was definitely undervalued at plus two seventy. Hebos was crazy high. Um, I know she had a good track record beating some some hot chicks in in the MMA and and uh, the coaches rave about her. But um, you go against a, dang, a dangerous striker like that, you got to come in with a better game plan, and you got punch right on the chin and, and went down and then uh i don't know really what her was doing there he should have should have maybe made a little more decisive decision so he boss wouldn't have got a hit more but you know it is what it is rodriguez is uh is a legit girl as long as she can clean up that takedown offense I, I her striking is is, is dangerous she's she's kind of lanky and in in spry for this division not for vola there's armin to Tis- tesarian Tis- i have such a hard time pronouncing this guy's name Armin, this fight kind of came together. We all, most of us listening to this podcast know what happened to Atman Nazar. Atman Nazar was supposed to fight Matt Frivola, and Armin was supposed to uh, fight Nasserat Papras. I really don't know what happened to Nasserat. I don't know if he just got caught up with the Armin thing because they were 
training together or if he just couldn't make weight. He didn't even show up at the scale. So they switched. Ottman and uh, Nasrat got canceled. And then Frivola fought Armin. Um, we'll go We'll go to the fight first. It was, you know, Armin just, just outgrappled him. He's big. He's strong. He missed weight for this fight. He, he initially missed weight by three pounds. Then it was a pound. Props to both guys taking a fight. Stylistically, it was, it was, it was a different fight for both guys. Armin um, got exposed a little bit, I, I, I thought, when, when Frivola got aggressive. His wrestling and grappling is top-notch. There's very few guys that are going to outgrapple this kid. He's young. Um, Frivola is a good grappler and, and, and just really couldn't get the uh, couldn't get this kid. When he did get him down, he couldn't keep him down, and, and he reversed positions a many times, striking. Uh, you know, Frivola's striking is getting better, but he's still hittable, and his, his striking wasn't on the level. Armin, who's still got a long way to go in striking, he's a very young guy, but Prostaboke guy stepping up, taking a fight. Listen, if I was flying... 15 hours, and, and that happened to me. I'd be devastated. I'm glad the UFC guys got these uh, guys a fight. Wasn't impressed with either performance. Favola got a one. You know what? I'm going to – no, I can't change it. This is fight night rules. Armin got a two. Favola got a one. If it was me now, I'd both give them twos for stepping up and, make, and making this fight happen on short notice. But fight night, Brian, is a, is a cruel son of a bitch. Um, so that doesn't happen. Yeah, but so Otman Azar, if you don't know, I'm pretty sure you guys know, he left the bubble, cut his wristbands off, gave his wristbands to, or one of his coaches or him, gave a wristband to a guy outside the bubble, right? That guy sneaks into the, um, inside the bubble with the wristband on, right? So you flag the wristband. Oh, the guys inside the bubble go, oh, he's a coach. He's, he's a cornerman, whatever, right? So he goes onto the, um, he goes onto the floor of wherever Otman was staying and has a bag of whatever. That's going to be the mystery. What was in the bag? And I wish I had what's in the box queued up from seven. I saw so many jokes on, on Twitter about that. I wish I had Brad Pitt. What's in the box? Anyway, he apparently, this Gordon Dana White goes to the floor, gets access to one room. I guess he had a key card or something. Doesn't have access to the room that he needs to go to. <clears throat> so he shimmies across the balcony or does something to, I guess, to get to Ottman's room or at least one of Ottman's coaches with this bag. And uh, the security caught him, the UFC caught him, whatever. They pulled him, they kicked him off the premises, cut him, fired him, see ya. A lot of speculation was in his bag. Uh, some people think it was IVs. Some people think it was drugs. Um, I actually had a dream that it was a bag for Conor McGregor that, like, you know what I mean? Like, Conor paid this these guys to get him a bag so it wasn't any of his team. That's a dream. That's far-fetched. That's super conspiracy theory. Like, hey, I, I need, I need, you know, because, you know, rumors, Conor McGregor, you know, likes to do some powder. But Conor McGregor has so many people on his payroll at this point, I don't think he needs to fuck with that. That was a weird dream I had. But Ottman, a guy who could have been a star, was a knockout artist, 13-0, 12 of those were by knockouts, two knockouts in the UFC, and they cut him. I mean, you can't do stupid shit like that. His career's over. I don't know if he's ever going to be allowed back in the UFC unless he completely throws his coaches or training partners on the bus and say, I had nothing to do with it. Uh, I think that's the only way he he could be allowed back in the UFC. But, yeah, we got to find out what's in that bag. But, uh, yeah, so that's why Frivola and Armin fought. Don't know what happened to Nasrath. I probably should do some research on that. All right, Brad Tavares versus Anthony Shoeface. Carlos Jr., I love this fight. I'm glad I switched. I was on Tavares. Um Three to one, excuse me, three stars to one. Carlos Jr. just kept trying to go for takedowns. His stand-up looks really, really bad. Tavares' cardio looked on point. His takedown defense looked on point. His stand-up, I, you know, I, I get why he wasn't 
<clears throat> super aggressive because you got to watch out for the takedown because that's all Antonio Carlos Jr. wanted to do. Old shoe face. But Tavares looked great. Tavares does have really good underrated takedown defense. That's why earlier in the week, if you listen to the pick em, I was on uh, shoe face. I switched the pick to Tavares. Glad I did. His takedown offense is, is is better than he gets credit for. Um, if he had a little bit more power in his hands, you know, he's not known to be this crazy knockout puncher, but if he had a little bit more power in his hands, felt like he could have maybe got uh, Carlos out of there because he did land some really good shots, really good performance by him. Jun- Carlos Jr. looked surprised by the decision loss. I'm glad they gave it to Tavares. I know he was aggressive with the grappling, Shoeface was, but like that's not, you know, you're not doing anything. If he's defending your takedown, like say you throw 100 punches and he blocks all 100 of them, like what, what does that matter? You're, you're getting blocked every time. Um, you know, you're taking this guy down repeatedly or trying to and you're getting stopped. You know what I mean? There's... That, that, that shouldn't count as offensive thing, so I'm glad the judges got it right on this one. Uh, Tavares looked great. Uh, his cardio looked on point. His striking, I think, is still solid. Doesn't have the biggest power in the world. This guy's not going to be champion anytime soon, but he is a good guy at 155. Really good, or excuse me, 185. Really good benchmark for the rest of the division. All right, next up, Sarah McMahon versus Julia Pena. <clears throat> Man, um, I didn't bet Sarah McMahon, but I had her. I picked her, so Devin did too. Pena is one of those girls I just I, I've criminally have doubted <clears throat> since the Ultimate Fighter days. Sarah McMahon, I know she's forty, good wrestler, but man, she she slowed down this fight, didn't she? She had a great first round, pretty okay second round, and then Pena just was like, "Hey, old lady, I'm taking over in this third." You know, choked her out. Uh, good performance by Pena. Good, a good, just really hanging in there and not really getting deterred by. Um, because Payne is a really good grappler too. So if, if you come in there and you're a good grappler and you're getting out grappled, that's got to be like, fuck, this is where I'm good at. And I'm getting out grappled. Um, but Payne never deterred. She's always in the fight and, and, and I'm glad she wrapped it up and ended it. There's not a lot of finishes in female fights and, and, and Payne got one. And that's, uh, that's commendable over Sarah McMahon, who was the favorite. Pena was the underdog here, and Pena kind of had a call off for Nunez. Listen, you, why not? Why the fuck not? Does she deserve the title shot? No, but that division's so fucked up right now. I mean, Megan Anderson doesn't deserve the title shot, but Nunez is fighting her at 145. <clears throat> a lot of experts predict that Nunez won't be at 155 or 135 anymore. She's only going to fight at 145, so I don't want Pena to go up. I want Pena to stand her ground and go, no. Cut the weight, bitch. Get down here. You're the champion at 135. If you're not anymore, give it up. I like to call out. No one's calling out Nunez. 135, in my opinion, is wide the fuck open. Even though Pena, does she deserve the title shot? No. But it's wide open. Why the fuck not? You got to take her shot. I like that. All right, clear round receivers, Marcin Pracnio. So if you guys saw my if you guys saw my Twitter, I said pain, right? So I've been I've been on a rough. I've been on going rough, right? For this whole month. Right there, there for, for the first three events. There's no doubt about it, right? And it's not like I'm just fucking throwing it at a dartboard. I'm really diving in. I'm listening to other people for the first time. Instead of going, my gut, I'm listening to other people's advice and who they're taking to and and going, yeah, I'm on him too. I'm, and, and these guys are making me even feel more confident. MMA is one of the hardest fucking sports. Gambling's hard, but MMA to me is the hardest thing. So my slime ball parlay was <clears throat> Makhma Miradov, who we'll get to. Minus 138. Not a crazy favorite. Good number. Amir Albazi. Minus 102. Slight underdog on some books, right? Great. I went heavy. Camille Re- Clear Roundtree. Minus 360. Everybody and their mom was on Clear Roundtree. Everybody and their mom was on Clear Roundtree by knockout. I said, how does this lose? Two units at plus 336. How does this lose? How the fuck does this lose? 
Uh, Bozzy, first fight of the night, looks good, right? Goes out there, stand-ups improved, cardio great, goes out there, tough fight, gets it done. Check that off. Murdoch was supposed to be the th- third fight of the night. He ended up getting bumped up to the main card, so Roundtree fought before him. But let's just say Mahmoud fought before Roundtree. Goes out there, looks phenomenal, looks in great shape, fights a really tough fight, Andrew Sanchez, who has a good chin, has good wrestling. His striking's come along, and Mahmoud just stays in his face, gets the knockout in the third round, looks phenomenal. We're being off for so long. Reminds people, hey, I'm still fucking here. I'm still a guy in this division people want to talk about. Then you got Khalil Roundtree, who spends most of his fucking time in Thailand, who has beautiful kicks, who has big power, who has had cardio issues in the past, who pieced up Eric Anders for three fucking rounds, almost killed Eric Anders with kicks. Goes against Marcin Prakneo, who does not have a UFC win. Has been finished in all his UFC fights. And he loses the decision. Not only does he lose the decision. It was a very close fight. Pracnio did nothing besides just be more active. Like he hurt Pracnio. And I think in the second round. A lot of people were lying. Like I don't know how you give that to Pracnio. I really. To be honest with you. I kind of thought that was a layup fight. I was watching it, but I wasn't like scoring it. In that third round, Pracneo kind of was like more active and Clear wasn't doing anything. My buddy goes, hey, dude, I don't know if Clear won that. I go, what are you talking about? He fucking almost finished him in the second round. He goes, yeah, but it's, it's a close fight. And they gave it to Pracneo, and I go, what the fuck? Slimeball dead. Not only slimeball dead, but my dumbass goes down to the fucking casino, and I get all prop happy. Old propy Brian. Old prop propster. Mr. I'm going to win all the props because I'm a prop king now. I go take the chalkiest prop in the world. Fucking make your mouth dry with this prop. Put three units on it because it's so good. It's so juicy. You can't pass it up. How does this lose? Cut an eye decision. Yeah, of course. Ain't no bitch going to get finished in that. Minus 350. McGregor, Poirier, inside the distance. Minus 550, of course. That wasn't going to a decision. One of those dudes was going to get knocked out or finished or tired or whatever. Then you got Sanchez Murdoff. I had Murdoff by double chance, KO, or points. He won by KO, plus minus 145. And then I had Clear Roundtree by Practino inside the distance. Both these guys have been knocked out before. Both these guys don't have the best chin. Both these guys have proven to have power. And they go to a decision. Inside the distance was minus 430. A minus 430 loss. Three units at plus 210. The chalkiest fucking parlay prop ever. The double P. The prop parlay. <sighs> Khalil Roundtree is now my mortal enemy. Seems like a nice guy. Nice dude. Has skills. But you're my enemy now. Okay? You're my fucking enemy. That's all there is to it. You are in the same boat as Jimmy Crew. You're in that graveyard now. Okay, he was supposed to retire, um, didn't retire, something like, he was supposed to retire, or whatever, fuck bullshit, he's dead to me, dead, I don't want to hear this guy's name, ever, you fuck me, out of two point, and it's my fault, because again, I listened to other cappers this week, I really dove in, I, I remember, Everyone was on Roundtree. Everyone's on Roundtree inside the distance. Everyone's on Roundtree under one and a half. Typically in other sports, when everyone picks one team, you get scared. MMA, no, no, no. I'm not scared of that shit. That means all these other smart motherfuckers are thinking just like me. 
There's got to be something there. And they both lay an egg and they give it to Roundtree. So that's five units down the tube because of Clear Roundtree. Clear Roundtree, you owe me five units. Okay? And I'm here to collect, bub. All right? I'm here to fucking collect. I had McGregor, again, Barcelona Sportsbook, my first bet ever at the Sportsbook, one unit Conor McGregor, straight money line, down the tube, I got him at 335, I risked it, when I post on Twitter, so my units are $100, risk $100 to win 30, that's down the crapper, and then uh, I love the boost, uh, the, the FanDuel gave us boost, so I had Chandler by KO points at plus one, uh, 170, the only bet I hit, and then Conor KO within one and two. You know, I would have hit that if Connor would have KO'd him. It's that simple. But the gambling woes are real, guys. Um, I'm going to need a, a minute to recap, which luckily we have this week off of fighting, which, I mean, I guess is good, but really all I'm going to be doing this week is thinking about fighting. So I don't know how good that can be. February 6th card, um, I know it's Volkov and Overeem. Let's see who it all is. How will we do that, huh? How we do that with this new blistering fast computer? I'm already there. I'm already there. Do you guys count that? You guys are probably probably taking a sip. Like, oh, it's gonna take Brian a little bit. Not. Nah, I'm already there. I'm already at the card. It's that fucking fast, boys. Let me look at some of this card. I haven't really looked at it too, too, too much. I know some of the fights here. Okay, so Odie Osborne versus Denez Bonder. Don't know Denez. I know Odie. He's a solid dude. Sung Woo Chu versus Colin Aglin. Colin Aglin's a guy who I've heard a lot of people talk about. He is uh, American. Who was talking about him recently? I don't know. I saw it on Twitter. I have to dive deep into that. Devontae Smith versus Alex Da Silvia. I love that fight. Devontae Smith's got a lot to prove after getting knocked unconscious his last time out towards Achilles. Uh, yeah, he's got a lot to prove. Alex Da Silva can be a dog in there sometimes. It's be a good fight. Michael Johnson with Clay Guida. Kind of an awkward fight here. I see a lot of people already early on Clay Guida because Michael Johnson can't stay, stop a takedown, but Michael Johnson, some of the more impressive wins. You know, this guy knocked out Dustin Poirier, has a win over Tony Ferguson, and, and he kind of rocked Khabib, if you want to say that. What, what was the other thing? He's got some impressive wins. So he's got Andre Field. He's got, listen, he's got the GOAT. He beat Artem Lobov. That motherfucker's the GOAT. Poirier, knockout. Crazy, right? Uh, um, who else he's got here? He's got Tony Ferguson. There was another one, too. I guess that was it, right? I mean, Alex Caceres, duh. No, I thought there was another one on his record. Well, he's got a win over Edson Barboza. That was pretty pretty nasty. Fought Nate Diaz to a decision. Knocked out Dustin Poirier. Fought Khabib Nurmagomedov. Fought Justin. I mean, this guy. This guy's fought fucking everybody. It's fucking everybody. If his, if his mental, I think it's a lot mental with him. Was up with his skills, it'd be it'd be over. Julio Arce versus Timar Valley. Yeah, I don't love that fight. My versus Daniel Marquez. Don't love that fight. Mary Renault versus Macy Chazian. Chazian's a girl who I cannot get right. I'm going to avoid that fight. Molly McVan versus Laura Prakapakil. Uh, I think she won her UFC debut. Or she lost her UFC debut versus Carl Rosa. It was a close fight. I do remember that fight. Molly McCann, Meatball. I like Molly. Cody Stammen versus Andre Uhl. Hate that fight for Andre Uhl. Like that fight for Stammen. Alexander Pantoja versus Manel Cape. Manel Cape's a guy a lot of people talk about. I've 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 looked up tape on him. He's making his UFC debut. He's a champion outside uh, the organization. Risen, I believe. Yeah, Risen. Um, I think he's been champion everywhere he's gone. Uh, he's fought Kyrie uh, Horiguchi, Kaya Sakura. Both those guys are champions in Risen. He has losses to them. He has uh, he has beaten Kai Sakura as well. Um, yeah, this kid is somebody I'm going to have to really deep dive in. A lot of people love this kid. 
He's fighting out of Portugal. Hmm, I thought he was. I thought he was. Uh, he, he says born Portugal, fighting out of Portugal. For some reason, I thought he came over to America. A lot of people like this kid, though. I'm really got to dive deep in that because Alexander Pantoja is a fucking stud. Stud, stud, stud. He's coming off a loss to Askar Askarov, which is a very close fight. Askar is a stud, too. But before they knocked out Schnell, had a war with Devinson Figueroa was, was an incredible fight. Um, literally, that could be the next dudes at 125 right there. If Manel Cape wins, and he wins impressively, I mean, people are going to be talking about him. Fight I absolutely love in this fight, uh, on this card. Diego Ferrer Benil Darius. That is going to be a fucking banger. Two really overlooked guys in this division. They both had some ugly losses early on, but they're both on a, ro- a streak right now. Benil... Really awkward stand-up, but he hits like a fucking truck. Really good on the ground. Digger for really good on the ground with some really clean stand-up. Wouldn't say his power's all that big, but his, his boxing's really solid. That is a fucking A-plus matchup right there. Hopefully all these fights stay intact because this is going to be in uh, in Vegas, not Fight Island. And uh, I love a lot of these fights. Nico Montana versus Carl Rosa. No idea why this is that high up. This fight definitely isn't going to happen. Nico Montoya never fights. Carl Rosa destroys her. They fight. Co-main event, Corey St. Hankers, Frank Yeager. Don't love that fight. Surprise, Corey took it. Wants to stay busy. I guess wants to get a ledge on his record. Not a fan of that matchmaking, but I think it's going to be an entertaining fight. And Alistair Overeem versus Alexander Volkov. Great heavyweight fight. I'm going to go. I'm leaning Ream. He's on that fucking run right now. All right, that's it. That's the show. We're at 53 minutes. Kind of a long thing. I, I, I needed to really express myself with the Connor stuff. I'm, I'm still kind of blown away by the whole thing. Um, you know, I'm upset, but listen, they're going to run it back. I, you know, there's rumblings that Connor wants Dustin again, um, which I think is good. Listen, let Connor and Dustin fight a money fight and let Chandler and Gaethje fight for the title. Right, if if Dustin doesn't want to be champion and doesn't want to defend it against a guy like Chandler, um, then let those guys fight for it. Let Dustin get the money fights. Let Dustin fight Nate. You know, I don't know how long Connor wants to be out. I think Kavanaugh said uh, sometime early summer or the beginning of the summer, like May or something. Um, yeah, I mean that's a money fight. That's the course that's going to sell. They're one and one now. Connor's going to have to do some soul searching. He's going to really have to improve because I think I'm going to watch the fight back tonight for the first time because I just don't think he had what he used to have anymore in there. I think his style has changed. His striking style has changed. He's, he's, he's primarily a boxer, which is cool, but he had so many more weapons that, um, I'm going to have to watch it back. I don't know. I'm fucking all up over the place. All right. MMA takes podcast on, uh, YouTube. MMA takes podcast on Twitter. MMA takes podcast on iTunes. MMA takes podcast on Instagram. Just go rate and review. I need more rate and reviews. I want to get to 30. I'm at 24 right now. Um, I can't give away any more shirts. I just sent a shirt to Australia. Uh, Shout out to the Aussies. Um, And uh, I'm not going to give any more shirts. But go rate and review. Okay? Do your favor for your boy. Go wait and review. Um, Hopefully, I'll pop that YouTube video up this week because I really think that's going to help people. I keep – I'm scatterbrained right now, but I I think the – you know, there's too many people using Blue Yeti. Speaking of that, real quick. I've been talking so much shit about Blue Yetis that they keep popping up. You know, everything's listening to you. They keep popping up like, hey, back in stock, brand new, blah, blah, blah. I wouldn't even fart in a Blue Yeti mic. Let's just put it that way. All right, that's it. See you guys. Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? I say let her dance. Fuck her back! Come on! Come on, motherfucker!
escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Yeah. Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dollar.